On the block, on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game. DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me want to Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica Heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing. On the ESPN app, what are you doing? What you up to? How's life? How's your Thursday going? Got that iPhone right there in your pocket. See what you do is you get on that thing, you download the ESPN app, you find the audio section, and here we are, right here in your phone, like magic. It's amazing. Now, that's all well and good. If you're listening on the good old-fashioned radio, wherever you are today, we certainly do appreciate that as well, but there is an all-encompassing magical experience that you can be a part of, too. At twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk, the magic of the Internet will transport you to this website or uh, on your phone if you prefer. It's your choice, man. This is America. And at twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk, which you get is the visual experience of the program. Hello, Twitch friends. Oh, yeah, you can see here into the inner sanctum what I'm up to during the breaks. And you really discover how, um, how can I put this? See, on the radio, it's like that old adage with the duck, right? See, the on the radio thing, it's the duck. He's on top of the water, and he's just having a grand old time, right? And just kind of cruising along. But under the water, those little web feet are just going 100 miles per hour. See, if on Twitch, you get to see both the duck above the water and under the water. You see the behind-the-scenes things that happen. You can live chat throughout the show, and you get your own show within the show. What I mean by that is when the radio goes to commercial breaks, our Twitch audience does not. They stay with us. They get their own show, their own commentary, their own topics during radio breaks. It's fantastic. I don't get a break anymore. That's okay. I'm willing to do that for the people, as the people on Twitch know. You know, Uncle Brent still sneaks out once in a while, gets a drink of water or something. But we love having you there. Try it. Give it a shot. Twitch.tv slash Talk. lot to get into on this Thursday. Every Thursday during the Syracuse basketball season, we chat with Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim. It is presented by Hoffman. Don't forget, you'll get much more from the head coach tonight on the Jim Beheim show over on Brostat TK99 from 7 until 8 o'clock. Matt Park, of course, the voice of the Orange on that as well. But you can get uh, plenty of thoughts from Coach Beheim on the North Carolina game. Looking ahead to Pittsburgh, we got in a couple of thoughts on. Jeremy Grant just absolutely killing it 
at the NBA this year. And that Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, we hope, we think, perhaps, super team that will be assembled. But, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving's got to come back to planet Earth. That would be the round planet Earth, Kyrie. Maybe he's on the flat Earth right now. we got to bring him back here. So we did get Coach's thoughts on all that. Um, did uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it breaking news in, in that sense, but I will play a clip from Coach Beheim here shortly and something he told us earlier, and a lot of you were surely wondering about this, and kind of this new normal we're in with COVID and COVID pauses, and Georgetown had a COVID pause shortly after coming to Syracuse on Saturday, and will that affect things? I will, as Coach told us this morning, the answer is no. So how about this? You get a little early slice of our Jim Beheim conversation. Jim, we heard from uh, Georgetown. Unfortunately, they had a COVID pause, and it seems like all was well. You guys tested and played North Carolina on Tuesday, but is there any effect from that with, with your program right now? Have you heard from them on that? No. There's no effect. They were negative after our game. It was until the next test that they turned a positive, so we should, we're fine. Game on! Syracuse and Pittsburgh Saturday at noon, so good news there. Much more from the coach coming up. We will also chat today with our friend Mike McAllister at 5 o'clock, get the latest on Syracuse athletics, in particular recruiting, football recruiting. How's that ramping up again? Yeah, signing day is kind of past. There wasn't a lot of room on that roster, but always room for transfers, players that are in, players that are out. So we'll get kind of a football update, certainly update a couple of targets that uh, basketball is honing in on, particularly in the class of 2022. Always great to chat with Mike, our friend from Sports Illustrated. We'll do that at 5 o'clock. We'll go on the blind side. Hot takes. Uh, We'll get some reaction, including from our friend Stephen A. Smith on the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, supposed super team, particularly from a Kyrie Irving perspective. I'm brilliant because I know I'm not. Thank you, Stephen A. Appreciate that. And, hey, baseball cards are still a thing, and there was a record-setting sale of what is considered the Mona Lisa of baseball cards. We'll tell you about that in hot takes. But, of course, we start with a little Syracuse hoops in this sense. Pittsburgh is going to play one team in the span of 10 days, and that is Syracuse. Pittsburgh, of course, came to the Carrier Dome last Wednesday. Syracuse, as we'll discuss here, lost that game in a fashion in which you would prefer they don't play again on Saturday, but given that Pitt is one of three teams to beat Syracuse with a clear and present strategy, and that is to just destroy Syracuse on the boards and hope it plays out at the end. Because even with Syracuse's disadvantage on the boards, like we've said, they're not getting their doors blown off in these games. They lost by 10 to Rutgers. They lost by 3 to Pitt. They lost by 6 to North Carolina in a game that had a, a number of wild lead changes and all kinds of stuff going on here. So it's not like Syracuse is losing the rebounding battle And they are losing it by significant numbers, but they're not losing games by significant margins. Now, that being said, if you're Pittsburgh, you've got to be feeling pretty good about, well, we played this team. We played a certain way. We think we can do it again. They're at home this time, and they had a couple of games rescheduled because of what else? What seems to move games around these days. Some COVID pauses for some Pittsburgh opponents. So they'll get Syracuse twice in 10 days. One opponent, 10 days. Will that be an advantage? Will it be a disadvantage? It's always interesting to see. Because you can get stale. You can sit too long and have to rev the engines back up as opposed to Syracuse that played 
a pretty active back-and-forth game Tuesday night. So I'm as curious as any anybody about that, how they'll play, how that will go. But there is one thing in particular that if Syracuse avoids it, okay, they will win this game. Now, sports is something that will teach you a lesson frequently about making assumptions on things, right? Just when you think you know, you have no idea, upsets and players that, and strategies, particularly college athletics, right? But I'm going to make the heavy assumption that barring everybody else doesn't have the worst day of their life. I'll give Pitt the rebounding, too. It's like we know Pitt's probably going to out-rebound Syracuse. That's just a weakness. They got to be feeling pretty good about that. Will they have a 49 to 33 rebounding gap this time, considering the emphasis Syracuse will put on this? And Pitt is nowhere near. They've got some big guys they can rebound. Don't get me wrong, but this is not North Carolina that's got three redwood trees running around the court. But we'll give you that. We'll, we'll give you the rebounding margin. What I think Syracuse can really push their chips into the middle of the table on, and I don't want to jinx it here, but. The biggest thing that came from, and there were other factors in the loss, don't get me wrong, but the biggest thing that came from that first pit game was Quincy Garrier got into foul trouble. He was essentially a non-factor. Robert Braswell had a nice game, but that was from the three-point line, right? It wasn't like Quincy was out and Braswell took over inside. No, they left him open on the three-point line, and he hit four of them. So they're not going to do that this time. Kadari Richmond was left open a bunch, on the three-point line in that game. And if you're Pitt, I don't think you alter your strategy too much because you'll give him that shot. But I, w- I would imagine that Kadari's going to have more opportunities in this game that don't involve taking the bait and shooting some open threes. So I think you're going to see an improvement on that front. And there's a couple other things from this game that, again, every game's different. You don't script these things out. But if Quincy stays out of foul trouble you got to like Syracuse's chances to bounce back and get this split with Pitt. Didn't even mean to rhyme that. Pitt still hovering around 77 in the Ken Palm rankings. So what this kind of qualifies as is a take care of business game, get the split, don't get too bad losses on the mark, and, and don't dig yourself a further hole. Syracuse is 1-2 and two in ACC play right now. They're really starting to dig in on conference play, get in some sort of rhythm, which is a good thing, getting in some practices. But we, we kind of know what the hole is. Syracuse is a donut right now. There's a hole in the middle. Certain donuts do not have holes in the middle. I understand that. Just go with the analogy, okay? Because certain donuts have very delicious jelly inside of them instead of a hole. And now I'm thinking about donuts. Anyway, a couple other things from that first game, though, that we got to think about. One is Syracuse stormed out to a 11-0 lead. That turned into a 23-7 lead. They took control, but in the second half of that game, even with a significant lead, Pitt came out of the second half like they were shot out of a cannon. North Carolina did as well, which is a developing little trend here for Syracuse. But again, that balanced out because Syracuse took the lead back a few times in the second half of the Carolina game. But I think we know this Pitt game is not going to flow the same way the Carolina game did. Maybe it will, but typically they don't. So you got to keep an eye on that. Syracuse really settled in that first pit game for a lot of threes. They went 12 of 38 from three-point range in that game. And when you dig in the numbers a little bit, with Robert Braswell making four of those, that's kind of an anomaly. 
it goes to show you they didn't shoot very well in that game. So if you can get some better shooting performances from those players that typically do, law of averages, you get your scoring going a little bit more. You get Quincy going and stayed out of foul trouble. I would anticipate Marat Dolja plays better. Now, he's been asked to do a lot. He's being asked to play nearly 40 minutes a game, out of position. We know he can play the position. We know the situation that Syracuse is in at center, as we'll talk about with Coach Beheim later in the show. He's going to give us kind of a further look at the, the young guys, that some of which aren't even practicing right now. Some are practicing and just not quite ready to get out there. But here's what Coach said the other night about that center position. We don't have a plan. We don't have anybody that can play that position. Frank's out for at least two more weeks. Um, we're trying to develop Jesse in practice. A bowl is too small. He's, he, he can't get it done out there. We're still working with Jesse every day. Uh, we're hoping that he can uh, give us some minutes in there, but he's really the only alternative right now. That's Jim Beheim after the loss to Carolina on Tuesday night. Jeff Capel, the coach at Pittsburgh, I believe he said this at some point this week, he knows he's going to get a better Syracuse team on Saturday, a more determined Syracuse team on Saturday. Not that Pitt can't match up in some ways. They proved that. But I I do think there's a number of things that we saw just over a week ago that we're not going to see on Saturday, and I think most of them benefit Syracuse. It's really interesting that they get this team twice in 10 days. It's rather interesting to me that they get this team twice in 10 days and Pitt hasn't played another team, and that's just 2020 into 2021. Okay, That's just the weird situation we're in with pauses and rescheduling and moving things around as our good friend Jimmy CBW tweeted me earlier today and was dead on fairness went out the window when they decided to play a schedule in this environment that we're in so even though Tuesday night was a loss again they're not getting their doors blown off here North Carolina is an anomaly in a lot of ways you're going to see teams with you know a lot of players down low that Syracuse is going to have trouble with. Okay, That's not going to go away. That being said, I just there's something about this team, the way they hang in these games. They find a way around their problems. There's guys that certainly have to get used to the rigors of ACC play. That's going to be interesting to see how that settles in. I think Kadari Richmond's due for a huge bounce back, and I think Pitt's a, a great team to do that against. I don't think Quincy gets into foul trouble Saturday. I think Marek has a better game on Saturday. This just feels like, and I could be dead wrong about this. That's the beauty of sports, right? But this just feels like a determined Syracuse team right on the brink of something that's a little salty after their loss on Tuesday. Not like a stunning loss. Not like, you know, some losses can really mess with your psyche. You know, you lose on a last second shot or, you know, look, Syracuse blew an 18 point lead to Pittsburgh. That that didn't exactly help their psyche, but then they bounce back and beat Georgetown the next day, get a little confidence boost. I feel like this team will be locked in, determined, and will have a number of things up their sleeve in this one that they did not the last time they played. So that's kind of the turn-the-page approach as Syracuse gets ready to take on Pitt on Saturday. Don't forget that is a noon tip-off. Your boy right here on pregame with our friend Eric Devendorf. Looking forward to that. Burdick Ford, Burdick Toyota pregame show presented by Pathfinder Bank and Amtrak. We'll be with you at 11 a.m. on Saturday. How about our boy Devo? You can see it on his social media, driving around town today, delivering checks to small businesses. 
as Eric has been raising money for our small businesses in central New York that have really been struggling, particularly some of our restaurants out there in the COVID environment. Good news out there today on that front and that it took a lawsuit to do it, but uh, New York State restaurants that were in the orange zone can now operate in yellow zone restrictions, which is what they've been asking for. We want to operate safely. We want to do this the right way, but the orange zone restrictions, a little ridiculous from New York State, particularly I could go to a, a restaurant in the orange zone not be able to dine in there if that was my choice and I felt safe doing it, but I could drive like three miles away to a place that's in the yellow zone. So good for them. I, I hope the restaurants out there and knowing like tomorrow Cuomo could be like, nope, orange zone again, whatever the case may be. It's been a tough go for them. And our friend Eric Devendorf goes out there and look, I'm not the biggest fan of barstool sports in the world. I'm not going to lie to you, but you know, Dave Portnoy and barstool have raised like $23 million for small business in this country, all sorts of, of small businesses. Inspired by that, Eric Devendorf does the same around here. So that's what Devo spent his day doing. Driving around delivering checks. Goes on social media, raises the money. Here it is. Bing, bang, boom. Getting things done. So I'm looking forward to doing a little pregame with Devo Saturday morning and uh, throughout the college basketball season. As we know, need like this the sad violin playing behind me right now our friend seth goldberg tomorrow's his last day Woo! oh was that on i thought i turned was that on the air oh, i thought i turned the mic off before i did that so seth uh will no longer be heard on pregame because tomorrow's his, his, his last day i just here hold on let me turn the mic off for a second here party 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 Oh, the red light's still on. Oh, my fault. Anyway, that's why I'm on pregame now. So listen an hour before every Syracuse basketball game for that. Good riddance to that guy. This button just doesn't work. I can't turn it off. Something, something wrong over here. I'll have to get the engineer to look at that. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some more SU hoops. We'll start getting into the NFL playoffs. Hot takes on the way, as mentioned. Of course, Jim Beheim on the way and Mike McAllister on the way. A lot to do. You stay right there. You're on the block ESPN radio, twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night. A clear Back at you on the block ESPN radio. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. See the show. Chat during the show. Get your own show within the show. Mike, stay on during commercial breaks at twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. You know what else you can get at twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk? Once in a while, we like to hang during Syracuse basketball games and have a little watch party with you. Our next one is Tuesday night, January 19th. Syracuse takes on Miami. And you can watch that game and get live instant analysis from someone who's got their jersey up in the Carrier Dome rafters as a not a retired jersey, but an honored jersey, right? And one of the original big-time recruits for Jim Beheim, Louie, and Bowie. The Bowie part of that, Roosevelt Bowie, is going to hang with our friend Nico Tamirian from CNY Central. And that's a twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk Tuesday night as Syracuse takes on Miami. Now, speaking of our friends at CNY Central, good news out there. Now, a reminder, of course, that every Syracuse Crunch game can be heard right here on ESPN Syracuse with the voice of the crunch, Lucas Favalli. And I know 
uh, were involved in this as well. But uh, good news for Crunch fans, they have announced that 14 of their 16 upcoming home games this season, remember no fans unfortunately at this point as we slowly but surely come out of some COVID regulations, hopefully the numbers continue to improve and the vaccine's getting distributed and you know we're kind of getting there, right? 14 of 16 Crunch games will be broadcast on television this year via our friends at CNY Central on CW6. And that is a great move. Congratulations to everybody involved there with the crunch. Our friend, of course, Nico Tamurian, who we just mentioned, everybody over at CNY Central. Uh, your friends here at Galaxy Media involved in that a little bit. Great news there. We love having all the games for you here, but if you can't go, watch the games on CW6, 14 of the 16 home games this year. Great news there. Thanks to everybody involved. And hockey's back, baby. Something we're going to talk about right now. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for hot takes on the block. So about this time yesterday, Sports World was rocking as Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Uh, the latest super team to be assembled in Brooklyn with Harden being traded to Brooklyn. Now, see, the problem with that super team concept right now is Kyrie Irving has to show up. Kyrie's on a bit of a flyer right now. He's not injured, but he's on social media. He's doing everything but, you know, his job, playing with the Brooklyn Nets right now. So will this get his attention and be like, yeah, maybe I should show up and play? Given that we just brought in James Harden and became the favorites to win the NBA title. So as you can imagine, the hot takes were flowing. Let's start with our friend Ian Eagle, Syracuse grad, and the voice of the Brooklyn Nets on the Yes Network. So I think a few things were at play here. One, the relationship with the Rockets for Harden was irreparable, so that made this time frame change extensively. Mm-hmm. And I do think the Nets were interested from the very beginning and also interested in making sure Philadelphia did not acquire James Harden. So there were a few games being played here. Uh, The Nets feel like now they've got the star quality to vie for a championship. They put their chips right to the middle of the table. They are all in. How it all plays out from a basketball standpoint, I'm not sure. And obviously the Kyrie Irving situation is one that you can't just dismiss. Is he coming back? When is he coming back? What's his mindset right now? Is he committed to this team? All of these are reasonable questions, and there are no real answers right now until he comes out and addresses them personally. Well, I get- That's on Eagle, courtesy of the Rich Eisen Show on the big trade. The voice of the Nets will be calling most of the games. There are going to be a lot of national television games, as you can imagine. Bird! With the insight there. As you know, Stephen A. Smith would have takes on this. The pulse of the orange. Thank you, Stephen A., but we're actually looking for your take on on the Kyrie Irving situation. Do we have that? Do you have any sense of how long the Nets are willing to let this go? I do not. I do not, but I would tell you that he lucky. He's lucky it ain't me. He's lucky. <laughs> I'm not Sean Marks. He lo- Listen, I'd have Kevin Durant off as your man. Come here, man. Let me talk to you, KD. Um, how long we got to deal with this? Because he here because of you. 
If you didn't want him here, he wouldn't be here because we were cool. We covered Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. We were cool, all right? But you, we want you so bad. How long we got to deal with this? Because I need a window. Because after that window, oh, he lucky. I ain't depressed. Uh, the owner? Please. Kyrie, I, I, I'd give him till the weekend because he's healthy. Now, if he injured, that's different. He's healthy. He'd have until Sunday night. Monday, if I don't see you, man, he'd be in trouble. He'd be in trouble. I like how part of Stephen A's take was if he ran the Brooklyn Nets and what he would do about it. I'm serious. I mean, that's all it would take, just five seconds in the office with Stephen A. This is combustible is what it is. This is fascinating. Look, the NBA toes this line. By the way, Seth, I was thinking about this. Since you're going to work for the NBA, when you walk in the office every day, is, is, does this happen? Like, Welcome to work. That's what I would want, right? If I, if I worked at the NBA League office, I want to walk into this every day. I'm here. Let's get to work. Fantastic. The NBA, it's fantastic. Those that remember that old commercial. But for this to work, now, can the Nets win with just a Durant, Harden, and company combo? Yes, they can. But if Kyrie's part of that and he's committed and he's locked in and you can get him to focus for a couple of months, not always the easiest thing to do, they're the prohibitive favorite to win. I did hear somebody say this today, not to drag this old uh, discussion into the mix here, but if the Lakers beat that team, that may cement LeBron as the greatest ever if you don't think he's the greatest ever. And let's not get into the Jordan-LeBron things. I'll be a Jordan guy. Jordan guy till I die, right? But that's actually a pretty fair point somebody made out there today. Now, I don't collect baseball cards anymore. That's hot. But the sports memorabilia market has exploded in the pandemic. Our, our friend Brandon Steiner has talked about this on these airwaves. And I've just never been a huge memorabilia guy. Just... I'm more of an experienced person than a stuff guy, okay? But this is pretty interesting. So the Mona Lisa, if you will, of baseball cards is a 1952 Mickey Mantle. A mint condition 1952 Mickey Mantle. There's only like 10 of these in the world. Just sold for $5.2 million. That shatters the previous record of $3.4 million paid last August for a Mike Trout rookie card. Not as rare, by the way, but still a very valuable commodity. So as this uh, from Sportico notes, the boom in sports sports memorabilia continues. It was bought by entrepreneur and actor Rob Goh. Is that how you say this, guys? I don't even know who this guy is, to be honest with you. G-O-U-G-H. Should I know who that is? I have no idea who that is. In a private transaction brokered by PWCC Marketplace. It's the most ever for a trading card. And he said this, quote, I've dreamt of owning a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle since I was a kid collecting cards. It's the Mona Lisa of sports cards. The Mantle card is graded Mint 9 by PSA, meaning, quote, a superb card exhibiting only one of a few slight flaws. A very slight I just love how specific they get on this stuff. A very slight wax stain on the back, a minor printing imperfection, or slightly off-white borders, according to PSA's grading system. 
Jesse Craig, who's a director of business development for PWCC, believes the card is the finest 1952 Mint 9 mantle in existence. Just five other such Mint 9s are known to exist. The people that have the foresight to think about these things stash some stuff away in the anticipation that it will be valuable. You have my utmost respect. There's, there's that great movie, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, and Steve Carell's got all those, you know, what, what's the word? Action figures, right, from all sorts of different shows and stuff, and he never opened them, and he sold them all at the end of the movie. They were, like, worth millions of dollars, right? I'm just thinking about, like, some of the... My mom sold all my Star Wars toys at a garage sale, like, for 50 cents each, and... I love you to, to death, Mom, but I will never forgive you for that. My mom went ham one garage sale. She sold all my Star Wars toys. She sold all my Nintendo games. Just, like, cleared all this stuff out. Like, what's it? What? What's happening? Anyway, that's a whole different story for a different day. But think of people that, like, had the foresight to, like, one of the rarest figures in the world and one of, and one of the most valuable figures in the world is a Boba Fett. There was a Boba Fett put out and like, 1978, in between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. And it was a rare figure because I think the the missile that Boba Fett had that came with it, it was like kids were swallowing them or something, so they had to stop making it, and that car alarm is going off again. Is that Seth's way of telling me I just need to take a commercial break right now? Anyway, like... Go look through your basement and your closet. You might have some of this stuff stashed away, and it could be worth millions of dollars. We got a break. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.